and it is that time once again. It's your weekly monkey business, and I am your host. This is Chris in the studios at WFC3. With me, as always, the irrepressible Billy DeTori. Hi. The somewhat legendary Tanya Metris. Hello. Our producer, the evervescent... I like that word, isn't it? That's, that's a good it's one. Sherry awesome Elberski. Very bubbly. Hello. And her associate producer, Christopher Spank. Hello, Christopher. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Do we say it? Let's say it. Well, hello, hello Dolly. Dolly. Well, hello, Dolly. <laughs> She's in the studio again with us tonight. Hello, hello honey. Yes. And our Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, or Rosenplants and Guildenfern, whichever yes. you prefer. Rosenstern and Guildenkrantz. That's it. <laughs> Zach and Rob are in the house today Hi. so <laughs> i know seriously the, the more people we stack into the 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 studio the longer this is good it's like the half the podcast is going to be introducing the the round table uh, and then coming up with new catchy phrases new for catchy phrases for everybody mm-hmm. yeah that's it that's a thing so um right off the bat we're going to start doing some things just a little bit differently we're starting to get some some folks for shout outs and some folks who are doing advertising and whatnot so we're going to start with a little business up front we're going to do our advertising up front. I just want to give a, qu- a quick nod to our perennial adver- uh, our perennial sponsors, Knox, uh, you know, the comfort food and and craft geek- cocktails. and craft cocktails, the ultimate geek bar at the Village Gate Mall. So thank they you guys. They now have a new event space that can hold about sixty people comfortably. Oh boy. So that's awesome. Yeah. And, so uh, plan and your th- next event there. There you go. And they have been uh, they have been a, an avid supporter of ours since the beginning. So a big shout out to Knox and the crew, and uh, and we're looking forward to being there at an event soon. That's yes. where I met you guys, isn't yes, it? it? Yeah, was. that's right. It's where we had our first uh, our mm-hmm. first hangout. Yep. Was at great Knox. dinner, great food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. and uh, that was a lot of fun. We have our meetings there sometimes. So the the big shout out there, and uh, in the studio later today will be. Um, my bouncing baby boy is going to be joining us in a little bit with one of it. He's bringing one of his teachers in. So a big shout out to Pat Best from the University Prep Preparatory School. So he's going to be joining us in studio now, just a little a bit note, later. Just a note, let's be really foul. Oh, I know. <laughs> Seriously. Let's embarrass your kid a lot. So we're going to be like just dropping <laughs> South Park at this point. different yeah. from any other day. How? Uh-huh. Okay. Good, excellent point. <laughs> well, just, we're just going to up Years the Years of experience. Years of experience. Up it a little bit. And, uh, and, and everybody watch the FC3 page, the guest announcement. Announcements are coming. coming. We have signed two. One currently. One. We've signed one. Okay. I'm waiting for the other contract. And and so we are on the verge of starting the sequence of guest announcements for the 2018 show. So look for that. That is good stuff, and it's very exciting. The agent's currently uh, hanging out with uh, Stan Lee at uh, in Las Vegas. Oh, poor guy. I know. This Our weekend. poor guy. Oh, and and I know this this popped up recently. So just make sure everybody's aware of it. It is a hoax. Ian McKellen, the actor of Gandalf and Magneta, is is still with us at the age of seventy eight. At he, least as of this recording. As of this recording, recording right? <laughs> Perfectly. That was ha- a huge internet hoax. Oh, or that he was, hoax he was yeah, he got killed yeah. off yesterday in a death hoax again. Those mm-hmm. those seem to be circulating around. But we it was checked like our sources. 2017, Yeah. Maybe twenty nineteen. Right. They'll try it again. Yeah. Seriously. And but we checked our sources and made sure that is accurate information. Ian is still with us, thankfully, and uh, and hopefully will be for quite some time to come. And there's going to be another Ian here later. Yes, my bouncing baby boy Ian, who's not named after Ian McKellen. No, but but it, it was still not was, as tall as Ian McKellen. N- n- well, he's taller actually than Ian McKellen. Oh. <laughs> so, all right. Anyway, moving on. We have on the on the studio or in not on the studio. On excuse the me, studio. on the studio. He's standing up on the seventeenth floor. We're on the sixteenth. On the FC three hotline. Then the F- <laughs> on the FC three hotline, we have a gentleman by the name of Kevin Volo. Kevin has been an avid comic book reader and collector since he was twelve years old. He has worked in comic shops, consulted with collectors, and even started a business selling comics at conventions with his son. 
He's a comic book book colorist who's worked on projects ranging from freelance DC work to numerous independent titles, including the Eisner Award-nominated Meteor Men. He is also a professional photographer, videographer, and website developer, as well as an instructional technologist. And that's a great word. I'm going to ask him about that one in a moment. And uh, and designer <laughs> helping university faculty develop online courses based on best practices in adult education. Welcome to the podcast, Kevin Volo. Hello. Yay. How are you, sir? Where's the applause? we got to work on our applause track. <laughs> we got, do we have that? Can we fire that off real quick? Applause track? Oh. <laughs> no pressure, Kevin. We've no pressure. We've got lots of stuff that we can do for you today. I'm telling you. And it's, and it's cold up on the 17th floor, so you need to put the heat on up. Gotcha. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we'll, get, know, we'll get extra blankets out we, for we you. Strive, we strive for professionalism and fail miserably, but we at least try to have, you know, have fun doing it. Um, so, Kevin... First of all, right off the top of the bat, something nice and innocuous. How are you, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How about you? Doing good. It is. Uh, it is a nice, uh, cold, rainy <laughs> fall day here in upstate New York. <laughs> so, I know. Standards. Yesterday, I'm out riding a bike in shorts and a t-shirt, and uh-huh. today I've got a, a fleece on. There you go. See, this, these are the things we have to deal with. It was just 90, like what a week and a half ago. It was almost 90. Yeah. Now, yeah. are you in New York State also? I am. Fantastic. He's so he's local. Within reason. He's near us. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah. He teaches at the college that our daughter goes to. Oh, fantastic. Yes. All right. That's how we know him because uh, last year he did a um, talk on creating comic books that okay. that monkey girl went yep. to. And she when we started working with you guys, she's like, you've got to get Kevin Volo. He was amazing. <laughs> so here we are. Um, now, did I read somewhere ahead. that you went to RIT? I did. Yep. Oh, okay. For, uh, so that's local to, to us. For, uh, yeah, commercial photography and graphic design. Oh, very and, cool. Uh, yeah, back, way back, way, way back. All right. <laughs> so when we were talking, we've talked about com- comic books recently, and, and Billy is a, an avid collector. Yes, I'm, I I'm am. an avid collector. Well, I'm not as avid as I used to be, but I'm still into it. What What was it that kind of draw, drew you to, to comic books in the first place? What was one of those things? That, it was not just a throwaway. It was something that you really found a lot of interest in. You know, the funny thing is, I a lot of times uh, people don't even remember, you know, maybe like what the first comic they ever read was. And for some reason, I just remember, I don't know how it got there, in my, in my grandmother's house, there was a copy of Devil Dinosaur number two. Not oh, even wow. number one, just number two. It was just there. And I tell you what, I read that before I could even read it, I think. I, I read that thing cover to cover mm-hmm. um, until I literally wore it out. And I don't know. It's just the art. It was a story about some kid, and you know, he or not really a kid. It was kind of like a weird little, whatever, you know. But <laughs> yeah, it was just really. Uh, I don't know. They just really ta- they really spoke to me. And then as I got older, uh, I just loved the stories. I mean, I was a really big reader and still am. And uh, you know, interested in photography and, and art even at that early age. So mm-hmm. see how you tell stories with you know just the images and then you threw a few words in there to sort of help it out just really um i just really dug it very cool now is there a particular title that that is like your your jam right now is something that you have to have to make sure you get in the pull list at any given moment in time um the few that i put on the top of the pile to read uh would be what are they i would say uh, invincible by kirkman robert kirkman okay heard of it uh, i'm like i'm like in that um Royal, uh, Royal Fam, is it Royal? Royal City by um, 
Oh, he's a Canadian. I, I, I can't believe I'm blanking on him. He's my favorite writer right now. We're looking it up. He's, t- he's totally gone out of my brain. That's all right. Uh, I don't think that's what, what you had in mind there, Tanya. <laughs> when did you first become a collector, and do you tend to go back to older issues, like of what you consider your golden era of reading comics, whether it be kid, teenager, young adult, whatever? Yeah. Well, you know, like I said, I had this one comic book forever, and then I think I had one or two, Spider-Man would show up, or something would show up, maybe an uncle dropped it off, I don't know. But um, then I think it was around... You know, probably middle school, seventh grade, eighth grade. I started. Um, there were no shops in the area, so my my uh, uncle had a cigar store in town. Mm-hmm. So I would get a comic book after, you know, uh, church on Sunday, or and then I'd start just going in there and picking them up. And it really wasn't though until probably, I want to say ninth grade or tenth grade, that I really started. Um, you know, really buying books. I bought my first collection probably, I think it was about 10 boxes, long boxes from somebody who was getting married and needed to get rid of them. (laughs) (laughs) And I saw the ad in the paper and I, uh, that was, that started it. And the major, um, most of the collection was uh, like three or four boxes of uh, of Amazing amazing Spider-Man, Silver Age stuff. So, yeah, oh God, well this was, you know, 80 whatever too i mean it wasn't they weren't worth anything no one really cared so i guess when i go back to things i go back to like kirby stuff like like devil dinosaur and um and some earlier spideys and and stuff like that a lot of um seems to be like a lot of marvel marvel stuff because my big collection i first started collecting in the mid 70s early to mid 70s and right now, even though I have a current pull list and there's certain comics I get every month, I tend to love to find older Superman and Batman and Justice League comics. So I, that stuff, I, it just makes me feel good. The, just the way they feel and smell, the, the, mm-hmm. the old oh, comics yeah. from the 70s. And, and it's kind of oh, part yeah. of the process. It's not just the art and it's not just the mm-hmm. stories, but there's, there's a kind of a tangible thing and to ju- them. Just, it makes me feel good yeah. to see the old ads and the old letter pages from that era yeah the letter pages are great and I, I collect original art too so i'm always i've always been looking for like the original art to some of those hostess ads like you know where it shows oh, uh, batman uh, and superman like eating a twinkie or something <laughs> you cannot find that stuff anywhere but yeah, yeah i love that the old advertising yeah. in there who didn't want x-ray glasses right seriously exactly. i mean those were the best <laughs> i mean i could see right through my hand when i put them on um <laughs> right now, how does the transition that you become a collector into getting involved in the industry? How did that that journey happen for you? Well, you know, I, I again, I've been collecting and collecting and buying buying collections and selling collections, and you know, I was just really interested in the creative process. You know, I was mm-hmm. writing some comics uh, for fun for myself, and and uh, of course, you know, doing photography and fooling around with doing you know, those like sort of photographic comic books and then bringing them into Photoshop and really, really sort of tweaking the photographs. But I just, you know, I didn't really, I don't know, it really wasn't doing it for me. And I can't draw. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I'm bad at it too. Seems kind of boring, but Uh I I like to paint. So I said, I'm going to try, I'm going to try coloring. Okay. Similar to painting. I I like to paint. I can paint. Uh, I'm going to give that a try. And uh, then it was just really a process of, you know, this was the early, 
say it was the early 90s, uh, mid-90s, and mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of stuff on the web. I was lucky enough to find this great uh, message board called, um, what was it, Colorists Unite. Mm-hmm. And they would have little homework assignments, and they'd post a, a page, and everyone would color it and turn it in, and uh, we'd critique it and stuff. And uh, it was an amazing resource. And, you know, the, some of the colorists on there are, you know, like Laura Martin, who's like one of the greatest colorists there is. And okay. All these just amazing colorists, and they would just help you. And uh, then over time, I just I just kept practicing and practicing, and I started out as a flatter for uh, Hi-Fi, and uh, that's the process of, there's a couple different processes. The line art goes out, and they it gets flatted, so each shape mm-hmm. gets filled with a flat color. Oh, okay. All right. And yeah. is that, so that adds layers and depth, am I assuming, or? No, it's, it's literally just for the colorist to then easily be able to go into and select that shape. Oh, okay. With, uh, you know, because then they, they can select it, fill it with like a, so you'd get a, you'd get a face, let's say, and you'd select all the way, all the way around the face and inside of the line, mm-hmm. and you'd fill it with a, a kind of a flesh tone. You'd select the hair, color blonde. Okay. Then the colorist gets it and says, okay, I, I'm going to just use my magic lasso or magic wand to quick, boom, select the face, fill it with the right color, skin color, boom, click the hair, fill it with the right color hair, and then they can go ahead and render. Okay. And what that then also allows them to do, let's say they made a mistake, that layer is saved, that flatting layer. They can go back and easily select the face and sort of re-render it or add something to it. So it's a tedious and horrible process. Because <laughs> you literally are clicking in between the lines and filling in every single shape on a page. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it's horrible. So I did that first. Okay. <laughs> And, and and then where does that evolve to when you when you're done you know basically paying your dues at that level what's what was the next step? Well, the next step was getting uh, you know again it was hard to find some online at the time but mm-hmm. you know finding line art uh, that was high enough resolution if you could print it out it would look okay and getting these pages and coloring them myself and for fun and, and for practice mm-hmm. and then going to, to shows and showing your portfolio. Uh, going, uh, if you if you go to certain message boards that were looking for comic book work, you would you could email them your work, and then you know slowly over time, uh, I was able to pick up you know a small gig here and there, mm-hmm. and then it just sort of it sort of goes on from there. You meet somebody, mm-hmm. and then you you go on and on and on mm-hmm. until um, yeah, until you start being able to color uh, for you know bigger companies. Gotcha. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> that one caught me off guard. Sorry about that. And uh, so now you've you've worked for, as I'm seeing here, in the, and I said in the the original write up, you know, freelance DC work uh, and numerous independent titles. How, tell me about Meteor Men. Oh, that was a, that was a great that was a great book. Sandy um, Gerald, the artist on that, and he's doing a lot of stuff with like Archie and stuff like that right now. Mm-hmm. He did just finished like Black Canary. He's a fantastic artist, and I had worked. Actually, I had met him in North Carolina when I lived there, uh, and so we sort of kept in touch because we were both into comics, same kind of era stuff, mm-hmm. Kirby and whatnot. And um, so we kept up, and we had done a little project earlier that it didn't really sort of end up going to print. And he said, you know, Jeff and I, uh, Jeff Parker and I are working on this thing. We've been working on it for a year or so. Uh, would you would you be interested in coloring it? And, you know, I was like, to be able to get with Jeff Parker who is 
such an incredible writer. And uh, Sandy, who I love, you know, art-wise, I said totally. And uh, the other good thing is it didn't need to be, <laughs> I didn't have to have like X amount of pages in a day. Mm-hmm. Because um, that's one of the main reasons I really couldn't sort of make the jump to be doing more like DC work or Marvel work um, because those it's very demanding. Yeah. Uh, the colorist is usually the last to get the thing. I'd get 10 pages. I had a full-time job. I'd be up all night coloring. And um, so I had to sort of pull back on it. So this, this project was, you know, it was perfect. Okay. And that fit in. It fit in everything. That's it cool. fit in. All right. <laughs> it fit in everything. It was, it was great. Good deal. All right. Now. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a fun book. Okay. Yeah, and I, you know, them, I'm gonna... I own them, actually. I, I'm a fan. I've Rob, you've got Meteor Men? Yep. Okay. It's Good a, and, stuff. And it's it's one of your favorites. I like it. Yeah, I like and, it. So, do you have any questions for for Kevin? Just, I just like the book. Okay, <laughs> the, the little adulation never hurts either. All right, um, I like the book too. I'm, I hope so. Um, I'm definitely going to have to pick that one up. I like I like it when when we have somebody on and they suggest something that I've never you know I haven't heard or I'm not really familiar with. So I I, I put it on my list of things I'm going to experience. And that's just yeah. one of the great things about this podcast is I've learned I've learned more about other things than it's, it's I think that I've the actually educated you know. people on the more you know. And now he's half the battle. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Flint. You beat me to it. It did. I did. I'm sorry. I steamrolled that one. It was in my head. It was in all it. our heads. I had to. <laughs> so I'm gonna. I have a couple of other legitimate questions. Things that I want to go on, but really, an instructional technologist. What the heck is that? What 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 is an instructional technologist? Doesn't it? I love it. Mm-hmm. That's a great title. <laughs> yeah, it's a great title. That's why. It's why I took the job. Okay. This is the title. That was it. No. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it really, it really fit in my wheelhouse. I mean, I've, I've always been interested and in, in good at technology and picking up technology mm-hmm. and finding solutions for it. Okay. And I've taught, you know, in classrooms and especially online since I, I lived in North Carolina. And uh, when I came back up here, I, I got my master's and it was in, you know, instructional uh, design and technology. And then I was able to, um, you know, get this job at the school. So what it does, what I do is I help um, faculty members, you know, integrate technology into the classroom, uh, into their online and even in-person classes. Uh, and then I also help them uh, develop their online courses. So just because, let's say, you're teaching, you know, English 101 in the classroom, and then you're going to teach it online, mm-hmm. it isn't just like a, you know, a it isn't a I'm going to hit a button and all that stuff's just going to be there. But there's a different flow of how you get the information out and how you uh, organize it and how it's structured that, you know, uh, we help them do. Okay. So it's pretty cool. It's a, it's a really fun gig. I, I like it. <laughs> now, this is kind of a chicken or an egg kind of a thing. Was Were you into that and then kind of got the inspiration to do your own online course? Or, was, or were you working on the online course already and then this kind of became evolved from it? Yeah, no, I... You know, I've always, you know, been been teaching and then creating my own courses for when I'm teaching. So, like, when I was in North Carolina, I taught graphic design and flash stuff. So, you know, you'd have to put a course together to mm-hmm. teach that. Here I teach the same kind of stuff, video editing. And uh, I was just, I was talking with someone and they were like, well, you know, and what the course you're talking about is it's a course called Learn to Grade Comic Books mm-hmm. that I did. It's online. And... I, they, you know, it's not an easy process. It's not an easy thing mm-hmm. to grade your comic, 
And a lot of the stuff out there, they're like just like a picture of the cover, maybe one picture of the inside. And, you know, a lot of times that's not enough. There's a lot of other factors you've got to look at. Mm -hmm. So I said, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, I'm going to, with the vast amount of time I have, (laughs) free time, I'm going to go ahead and spend, you know, hours and hours a night recording video (laughs) and editing. Free time. What um, is that? I've I've heard of this free time that you speak of. Um, Uh, You know, a little bit of both. Okay, and then this is learntograde.comicbooks.com. That's where you centered that particular yeah. project. Okay. Yep. And and how yep. long have you been working on learn to grade that particular that that website? That took, you know, it the site was fairly you know easy to set up once I had it designed and and sort of mapped out. Then it's just sort of a question of building it. Uh, the the thing that took the most time was um, getting the supplies together. So, for example, I bought um, graded books, like CGC graded books, mm-hmm. from 0.5 to 10. The 10 is actually not a CGC. It's an, I think it's a P, uh, PXG or a CBCS. Um, mm-hmm. And I, because I wanted a baseline to say, you know, so in the videos I show you the CGC 0.5, let's say, and all the reasons why it, they graded it 0.5. Okay. And then we look at two other books, that are also graded 0.5 that I graded myself and had some other graders of my, you know, look over too, because mm-hmm. they're not always going to be the same. 1.5 doesn't look anything like maybe another 0.5. Okay. So finding that, that consistency, find, yeah. like well, finding it, those benchmarks. Yeah. It, it, and it took, uh, you know, it, it took a long time just because, you know, you're shooting uh, and, you know, just for like taping sometimes, you know, I've got, out, you know, like hours, maybe two hours on a uh, 0.5 video, mm-hmm. and then that's edited down to like 35, 40 minutes. Right. You know, so it was that took a lot of time uh, to to shoot the video, to edit the video, um, but it was it was great because I got to look at all these great old books, and um, it was fantastic. It was what, fun. What was the coolest comic book you've ever held and had a chance to like kind of go through and grade? Oh. No, I'm not going to put you on the spot. Trust me on that. Nah. Well, you know, one of my favorite covers of uh, is, and I'm blanking on the number. I'm uh-huh. bad at that. I think it's 39. It's the Amazing Spider-Man. It was the first John Romita cover, okay. where Peter's sort of hanging out the, off the back of the, the glider, the Goblin's glider, and his mask is off. Oh wow! Okay. I love that cover, and uh, that's one of the ones I grade in the um, in the in the class on LearnToGradeComicBooks.com. So to see that and have it in a pretty good condition, I was really I was really psyched. Very cool. There you go. That is a piece of comic book history right there. And, uh, and well, I have a question. Go ahead, Tanya. In regards to yeah. the, like the ten point grading scale, is that like consistent across all the um, comic book grading companies, or does each company have their own ten point grading scale? No, they pretty much go off of the Overstreet price or the Overstreet's grading scale. From you can see, if you pick up an Overstreet's price guide, those big thick sort of tomes, um, their scale. Uh, is pretty much the standard. It, you know, some people interpret it, and that's the thing. It's, it's not an exact science. It's, you know, for example, you could send a book in to CGC. I'm just using them because mm-hmm. they're the most popular, and you could they could grade it at like a 4.0, and you get it back. You could crack that, send it back to them, the same book, and a different group of graders because it's not just the same one mm-hmm. will look at it, and they might think this crease knocks it down a little bit more 
or that that crease isn't a big deal. And you might get it back at either maybe a 3.5 or a, or a 5. Oh, okay. So it's it, there's sort of a one standard thing from Overstreet's, but it's how it's interpreted. It's subject to whoever's currently grading it at that point based on the rubric or whatever. Yeah, they're, they're yeah pretty much. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be close. You're not going to send one into CGC and, and it be a 4-0, send it back in, it's going to be a, a 6-0. That, that won't happen. Mm-hmm. Zach's making but, fun of me know, when I use the word rubric. I'm sorry, I'm a teacher. Leave me alone. Yeah, well, Zach was also. Rubric, that's exactly what it is. I mean, it totally yeah. makes sense. Yeah, it's so, and, and like just like grading essays and exams and things like that. It's like, so I might not know how to grade comics because that's totally above my head, but I can understand the concept when grading um, exams and things like that based on a scale. Now, uh, yeah. does Beckett acquiring the CBCS service, will that affect, I mean, how does that affect? Uh, say CBS, CBCS versus CGC, will that put their like CGC has always been sort of the gold standard and the one everybody goes to, with CBCS right. being the sort of up and coming grading company. Will yeah. Beckett's acquiring of CBCS affect that in any way? Do you think? You know, that's something. You know, who knows? Um, CBCS is getting to be obviously more and more. Uh, popular and more and more of a of of a trusted company uh i i've got probably just as many cbcs books as cgc books and when i look at them through their cases i don't you know they look exactly like i think they should look i've never seen one and said wow these are this is wildly off um they're they're in time the longer they're around you know they're just going to gain in in respect and and people aren't going to think oh i just need to get a cgc it also has to do with resale. I mean, when you put a book up on eBay, let's say, or at a show, but especially on eBay, it's crazy. Um, if it's in a CGC, you know, graded case, it's it's usually they're asking twice what it's really worth mm-hmm. because they know it's that that condition. You must get into some pretty spectacular debates with people sometimes because you, you'll have one guy who's probably going to give something an eight or a nine, and you're like, no, it's a six, like a six or seven. Do you, do you find that that kind of conversation happens often? You know, a lot of th- most of the time, if you're talking with someone who can say, oh, this is like a um, a six or a seven, and I say, no, it's a four, the people that really know how to grade the book, yeah, they're 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 obviously going to be closer to what it really is. But, yeah, it happens a lot. I mean, not so much with me right now because I'm not working in a, a comic shop, but I remember when I used to work in a comic shop, people come in and they you, they always think their book is much higher than okay. it is. Um, it's almost like Pawn Stars. The guy says, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like Pawn Stars, the guy comes in and goes, well, what do you want for the item? I want 10000 The item's worth like 500 Wait, what? <laughs> right, right. I didn't hear what you said. Yeah, that makes, yeah, it's about. Not, not porn like stars. Pawn. Pawn. <laughs> right. pawn. I, like, I mean, we could talk about porn stars, but that's an entirely pain. different podcast. So, sorry Forever about that. Family friendly. Rating porn stars? Yeah. Another episode? <laughs> that's another episode. And your underage son yeah. is about to enter the studio, so yeah, we should probably stay away oh, from he's, that one. He's heard worse. He's heard, he's heard podcasting planning uh, planning meetings. <laughs> it's not a good thing. Um, all right. So anyway, to, to, to go to circle back to what we were talking about, though. Yeah. Uh, so you, Did you, you see that he builds cosplay stuff? He builds cosplay stuff? Yes. That's like what kind of like costume pieces? Uh, yeah. Like 3D uh, printed. Oh, yes. my God. That's awesome. Like wings yeah, and horns. The, and... I got the bug. Like Star-Lord belt or something that I. Oh, very cool. 
looked yeah. at. Yeah, I'm putting together a Star-Lord uh, cosplay costume right now, so I just finished the helmet, which I'm uh-huh. pretty proud of. It, it turned out really well. And yeah, I use a 3D printer, I use foam, uh, some fabric, you know, but mostly uh-huh. you know, 3D printed. And, and fo- the YouTube channel is called 3D Printed Props. So okay. Where do you, you know, get the foam? I've been looking for it. I'm trying to start get into, like, cosplaying and building my own costumes. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can, A, get, uh, for the thicker stuff, you just use those uh, interlocking sort of mats that you can get at Lowe's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Never thought Next of that. Next to nothing. Yeah, you can get get that stuff. The thinner stuff you can get at, um, you know, at Michael's or whatnot, uh, where it's three millimeter, and I think they sell maybe six millimeter there, and two millimeter, you can use, you can get it there. And then once you sort of move up the scale, and you you want so like a a heavier duty foam, because some of that craft foam is a little can be a little flimsy. Mm-hmm. You can go to companies like um, there's a great company called what is it called TNT Cosplay. Dot com, I believe. Okay. And I just put an order in there that you can get you get those at um, twenty four by thirty six or eighteen by twenty four sheets, and it's uh, it's really great quality stuff. Awesome. And then you just craft from there. Have it a good old, good old time. Yeah. Making stuff. You make you make patterns. You cut it out. You you glue it. Use a lot of contact cement and. Mm-hmm. Make sure you wear your respirator or lines start getting crooked, you know, because of all <laughs> He's not worried about anything else other than his lines getting crooked. Did you notice yeah. that? That's, not the brain we're not, cells. Like yeah, we're not worried about brain cells. Back. We're not worried about, you know, the, the ability to speak. We're just, you know, yeah. the lines have got to no. be straight. So it's... need a straight line. Of course. <laughs> if you've used contact cement and put two things together and they didn't stick together the first time, right? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 Um. <clears throat> Changing gears again because uh, a, yeah, a, a, we do. a stream of thought, a, a, a lovely oh. you know direct line is not something we're capable of. Uh, I've got a line here. Uh, his village attacked, his father taken, a boy stands alone. All seems lost until good until a good deed brings him an unlikely ally, a dragon. Am, am I in the right ballpark? Is this this something you're familiar yeah. with? Tell me Max a little bit more Thorne. about Max and Thorne. Tell me a little bit more about that. You know, it was like I mean, well, you've you've mentioned your child. Um, every night we'd crawl in bed uh-huh. and we'd read and read and read. And then some nights when you're tired and your eyes are, you can't read anymore. You just start telling stories. <laughs> yes, so, I've done uh, that. <laughs> I've done that. Yeah. My son's name is Max. Okay. And, uh, so I, we just started telling stories and, you know, they evolved into this dragon and, uh, named, and I named him Thorn just because mm-hmm. of the first story I told, it was sort of like a fable, you know, the the thorn in the paw, that kind of thing. Okay, very cool. So, yeah, and uh, then I just went from there. We'd sort of add a little bit more here and there, and then I'd sort of, then I just started writing it. That's great. fleshing it out more, and and he'd be the editor, because I'd mm-hmm. say, oh, this person gets killed. He'd be like, nope. That's not going to happen. No, nope. that's not, so you got you had you had an editor working over your shoulder, telling you to, to where to go with yeah. the story. Pretty much, and the dad gets hurt. Nope, you're not going to get hurt because I'm the dad in it. Uh huh. So nothing really bad could happen to me. He was not having that. Okay. That age. So uh, yeah, it was really fun, and and with um, my sort of connections with working in different projects, mm-hmm. a guy I worked with on um, on another, another title. He, uh, I, I just contacted him. His name is Defu, and uh, asked if he'd be interested in drawing up the first, uh, I want to say, seven pages, nine pages for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And he did, and it looked cool, and he, Max loved it. And I said, well, let's try to do a Kickstarter so I can pay him to do the whole, you know, 
80 pages of it. Okay. And um, so we did a Kickstarter, and and it was successful. And, you know, uh, he drew it all, and I've colored half of it. And uh, so, so it's So this is his called. art. Yeah, I didn't draw this. Uh, I, I wrote it, uh-huh. and then Defu drew it, and then I co- I colored and lettered it. Okay, all right. Now, how yeah, old was so I, was Max when this project got started? Oh my goodness! Uh, moved up here. He did this. I want to say he was eight. Wow! All right. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, and now he's uh, he just turned thirteen. Uh huh. So, you know, uh, I've moved along with it and I literally, you know, on the weekends now I've buckled down and I'm coloring, you know, two pages a weekend and okay. uh, it'll be finished and uh, the the it was always meant to be like a webcomic so there weren't any print rewards. There was just some uh, posters that I, I already had mailed that out and all that stuff all, all mm-hmm. set. But um, when I'm finished then it'll go up online and um, then I might I might try to do another Kickstarter uh, to get it printed. Okay. Because once it's all done, I could just send it to the printer, or I'll just print it myself. I haven't really decided. Well, if there's anything we can do, I mean, we can put it up on our site and and uh, and yeah. push it out to our listeners. Absolutely, because that's just that sounds like just a great project to support. It's that sounds like a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to looking into it myself a little more. That's great. Yeah, it was it was pretty neat. It was it was mm-hmm. a fun thing, and I still every once in a while uh, sort of push it out to some. And w- kind of when I was doing it, there weren't a lot of publishers that was just doing kid stuff. Mm-hmm. And now there is. So I actually got a list of publishers that I needed to and wanted to send it to that I put together a couple months ago. So who knows? Maybe it'll just maybe it'll get printed. Well, best of luck to you on that project. That's fantastic. And it's always it always means more when you when you've got the you know the father son kind of kind of tie in. I, I always love stuff like that because my, my bouncing baby boy who's now fourteen. He's in. He just walked into oh. the studio a moment he's ago. He's not a bouncing baby. He's boy not bouncing. He's he's my titan. He's he, what six yeah. three two twenty. Yeah, at fourteen. He still tries to bounce. Oh, good lord. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Jules is the one that bounces. Okay, so Kevin, you mentioned that this yeah. you had always intended this to be online, and I have to admit, mm-hmm. while I'm surrounded by comic book collectors, um, I am more of a web comic reader. And yeah. I know you had something called pixel strips, which seems to now not be there anymore. Yeah, you know, that was one of the first things I ever did um, that was sort of like a comic business or a comic project um, that I started that good, oh my God, a long time ago. Um, again, probably mid-90s, mid to late-90s. And uh, I just wanted to, I was really into web comics and I was coloring um, some really fun web comics for people. Like I was coloring um, Ted Noodleman. Uh, it's like a bicycle messenger guy. And uh, I was coloring, what else was I coloring? Sword and the Sorcerer, something. Um, so I was coloring a lot of web comics. And that was also at the time when there were a few companies, uh, I think like Modern Tales. It was a few companies that were having these communities, and you would subscribe to their website to be able to read the webcomics. And I thought, oh, you know, I know a lot of people in webcomics. I know a lot of people in comics. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur as well. Uh, I'm going to try putting this thing together. And it worked out really well. I had, a, I had developer friends because of my love of technology. They put a site together, 
And for a long time, yeah, I had uh, a lot of different artists, a lot of different sites. And then over time, that site got clunky and crazy. And I had it rebuilt uh, probably about three years ago. Mm -hmm. And it was doing pretty well. I was getting some more artists. And then, you know, it the company that I was hosting with kind of went, everything's going up and it's going to cost you a ton of money to host it. And at that point I wasn't selling anything. I was just posting people's web comics. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I was like, Oh, I can't really, I can't pay X amount a month for something for fun um, anymore. <laughs> yeah. So I, so I unfortunately stopped it. I, I still own the domain. I still plan on doing something with it at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, so the dream is not it's, dead. It's such a great name. Yeah, it is a great not, name. Well, and see what happened was back when I started it, uh, you know, it you didn't, you couldn't just like throw up a WordPress site and bang out your own webcomic. And I don't mean bang it out because it's a scale and it's work. Mm. You couldn't just like boom put it online yourself. Okay. And one, two, three that quickly. Now you you put a WordPress thing on it. There's even comic book. Um, plugins for you know wordpress where you can just run your own webcomic and have it set up in an afternoon and you know why do people want to have it in one spot or you know whatever if they can just have it on their own site so half the panel you know, just start stroking their chins thoughtfully going huh maybe <laughs> <laughs> i still don't know how to like do any of that stuff so yeah no yeah. not me yeah. yeah me i'm right there yeah no i'm right there now, now with you, you, you run the online class and you have, you know, Max and Thorne and you have a bunch of other th- pokers in the fire at this point, and you also are working on your own podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, you know, why have free time when you do something you like? Right? Exactly. Right. See, that's the thing. <laughs> that's, you know, that's what we're finding ourselves evolving. When, when we first got started, we were just putting together a, a, a comic book convention here in Rochester, and then it is kind of branched out and sprouted out and starting to evolve, and it's taking on a life of its own. So I understand what you're saying, and it's, it's yeah. kind of wild, and it's been a while. Now, you've had, you got, what, 40, 49, 50 episodes in the can at this point? Four, I just uh, uploaded the 49th episode the other day, and, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, uh, it's really fun. It's called the Heroes, Villains, and Sidekick Show, and I talk about the backstories and origins of... Uh, comic book characters and pop culture characters. Okay. And I go back to their history and, you know, I always try to read the actual, you know, original, even if it's just an online version, Uh to really sort of be able to add some details that you don't just find, like, maybe on Wikipedia or stuff. And, yeah, we just talk about stuff. Sometimes I have interviews. I've got to speak to some really amazing creators. Oh, cool. And, uh, yeah, I talked to Jerry Conway the other day. Okay. Uh, You know, he created, like, all these crazy, you know, every character you could think of, like Firestorm and the Punisher and, you know. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. And uh, J.M. Demades, Mm -hmm. I got got to speak to him, one of my, you know, legend, you know, favorite writers. So, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. So, naturally, you will agree me agree with me that Galactus is not a cloud. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did see we did see his shadow in that cloud. Okay. He gave us that. All right. He gave us that. One one of the running gags of our podcast and Billy is has been an avid comic book collector for a very long time and mm-hmm. and we early on in our our podcast series we we went off on the Fantastic 4 movies and 
and uh, the pros and cons and what was good and what was bad and what was the what was bad section of the, of the conversation was a little heftier mm-hmm. and uh, and Billy is primarily uh, concerned the with pet peeve is Galactus is in a cloud. Yeah, that was his depiction <laughs> in that in that one movie. It isn't. And no. uh, it's become almost a tagline for us at this point. He's uh-huh. not a cloud. <laughs> we should get bumper stickers. We need to. Yeah, I think we need to have bumper stickers with Galactus is not a cloud. But you know what? I got to tell you, and I totally agree with you. And the, and the fantastic Marvel movies have not been good. No. Um, but you know, especially when I'm doing research for the for the the podcast, you know, when you go back and you look at like the like the costumes and you really look at them, mm-hmm. his costume is ridiculous. I mean, his knees are showing. People, you know, he's he's got these weird boots and his knees are there. <laughs> and the helmet and everything. It's all like a tuning fork. Uh-huh. I can see where they were like, how are we ever going to make that look cool? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the knights who say knee in space. Yeah, there it is. There it is. They're a looking lot. for that a galactic shrubbery. Like to do to me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's. Uh, I would love to see uh, Marvel and Sony get together like they did with Spider-Man and yes. us to finally get a really just you know Marvel treatment how they've been doing it these days mm-hmm. of um, of Fantastic Four. That would be uh, that would be incredible. We had we had a brainstorming um, podcast a few weeks back where we talked about recasting and casting and what we would see. Who would who would you think would be the best Reed Richards if if Marvel were to get there, get off their tushes and be able to make a Fantastic Four movie? Oh my God, I am. I have no idea. I'm. I'm usually very good at this because when we were kids and they mm-hmm. didn't have these movies, yeah, my friend and I would just cast them. Like we cast the first Batman movie. Mm-hmm. We were surprised they weren't Michael Keaton and not our choices. But <laughs> <laughs> what were they no thinking? They didn't, you know. But uh, you know, I don't know. I'm not. Uh, I'm not good at just uh, thinking of an actor. I mean, I watch movies constantly, so. I should be able to have something in my head, but I don't. Well, the correct answer is Billy DeTore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. As, as Reed Richards. No, wow, I'm nice. Terrible with names. What's he? That, in? That's What's me. What's he? <laughs> in? I'm, I'm in this podcast. He's on the radio. He's our radio well, legend. There were, so, there were so many names in the beginning. I've forgotten everybody. <laughs> I know. Terrible. Yes, there is a quiz He's the on person Monday. That's keeping us all together. Yeah. <laughs> our, our engineer extraordinaire. Well, um, they did announce Shazam. Did they know? Oh, is it is yeah. Zachary Levi? Levi, 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 Levi. We talked about that during the podcast. <laughs> yes, that's who we wanted as Reed Richards. That's who we that, finally. Oh, is that what we were? And yeah. then Yvonne right. now he's going to be Shazam. Okay, so. but and that Shazam. works. And that works. He can do both. All right, so <laughs> heroes, villains, and sidekick show. Where can we find that, Kevin? Well, you can go over to um, what is it? Heroes, villains, and sidekicks dot com. Okay. Of course, you can go over to, and you can listen to it there. And I post all the like pages of that I'm talking about over on the website, so it's mm-hmm. kind of neat. But you know, the best way is go to iTunes or, or Stitcher and and uh, just subscribe, and then you'll you'll get it in your whatever you used to listen to your pot, your podcast every week. Shenanzy. And uh, usually, it's every Monday. Uh, I've been flipping. We had a crazy summer of traveling, uh, family traveling this summer, and kicked my butt. Uh, the jet lag multiple jet lags oh I, so uh, yeah i feel your pain brother yeah i've been off a little bit but now i'm getting back on track i've got some really amazing interviews i've got you know uh, i'm i'm so excited about uh, <laughs> that i'll be doing next week mm-hmm. so uh yeah you can go you can head either place and then of course the um the, the comic book grading thing is at learn do you have do you have like a master site like one ring to rule them all kind of a thing where it's like you can go to this one spot and then you have links to all the different projects you're on? 
I'm working on that right now. Actually. Okay. It's funny you say it. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be kevinvolo.com. Okay. And um, it'll have links to everything on it. Now, if you go there now, kevinvolo.com, it's gonna say under construction because mm-hmm. it is. Um, but yeah, <laughs> you'll be able to branch off into all the other all the other sites and beautiful and and check things out. Yeah, the uh, the Learn a Great Comic Books course, learnagreatcomicbooks.com. It's got like thirty plus videos. Like over eight hours of content, um, tons of photos, and the whole thing's forty nine bucks. Oh, that's not bad at all. So, yeah, no, I didn't. You know, I didn't make it to like make a million dollars. I, I kind of just wanted to get the information out there and and you know pay for some of the the costs. Of yeah. It. So, you know, but it's a, it's um it's pretty neat. We got a Facebook page and all that, so you can check it out if you just search for Learn to Be Comic Books on Facebook and. People post there. It's kind of, it's nice. It's fun. Fantastic. Well, thank you, and I appreciate your time today. This has been a lot of fun chatting with you, uh, and we're no looking problem. forward to keeping an eye on your projects as they unfold. I, I definitely now that I know about Max and Thorne, I'm going to kick back and, and catch up with that one. Because uh, uh, I actually saw Max and Thorne mm-hmm. done out as panels at SUNY Poly okay. when he had an exhibit there for Comic Con. Oh, very cool. So that was that's, that's very, right. That's right. Yeah, it was very neat to actually hear the person who did it. So <laughs> nice. So thank you. Well, uh, thank you. Well, again, this has been Kevin Volo, and and, uh, and I'm just going to, I have to harp on it, Instructional Technologist Extraordinaire, because I just <laughs> love that freaking title. I love it. Uh, look for him as soon at kevinvolo.com, among all of his other projects, learn to grade comicbooks.com, heroes and villains and side, heroes, villains and sidekicks.com, uh, and 3D printed props on YouTube. And, and just a lot of stuff. You, you've got your fingers in everything, and, and it sounds like a great creative effort. And I appreciate your time today, man. No problem. I appreciate the call. Thank you. Very, you are welcome. So, so for Billy and Tanya, Bye, for Chris everybody. and for myself and Bye. for Sherry and Dolly and these guys over here, this has been <laughs> Monkey Business, a product of the Flower City Comic Con and the Mighty Monkey Corporation. Coming at you June 9th and 10th of 2018 at the Floriano Rochester Riverside Convention Center. Follow us on Facebook. Love us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. And follow us on Spreaker.com. Look for FC3's Monkey Business. We love you. We miss you. We'll see you next week. Okay.